Good morning, everyone. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, would you write something in the comments so we know who is worshiping with us this morning? Uh, we would love to know who is with us. Next Sunday here at the church is going to be Senior Sunday, and we are going to recognize those high school seniors in our church. It's going to be a great time. I want to make sure you join us for that. And join us each Sunday. We have services at 9 and 11 online. Our celebration services at 9 and our traditional service is at 11. We have Bible studies throughout the week with Pastor Sam and Pastor Carrie. Uh, we also have a mosaic service on Tuesday night and youth and uh, children activities online as well. If you have trouble logging into any of these, please call the church and let us know. Uh, we would love to help you with that. If you notice, there's beautiful flowers here at the church today. Uh, this is our, from the ELC in honor of Sarah Rayburn Johnson uh, Memorial Scholarship. Uh, they usually have a rose sale every year in honor of Sarah Rayburn Johnson. Uh, but this year we have the flowers on the altar instead uh, because they are not doing the sale this year. Uh, but they wanted to still have these flowers here to remind us and acknowledge of Sarah's love for children and her desire to show them Christ's love and instill in them learning. Um, also, I wanted to let you know that just a few minutes ago, the church staff was in the portico and we were handing out beautiful roses here for Mother's Day and we got to see many of you. Today, we actually have a special guest mother with us uh, Harriet Murray is here, so everybody wish Harriet Murray a big happy Mother's Day. Here you go. Thank you so much. And you're going to see now why she is our special guest here in our congregation. Uh, the church, as you know, everybody's at home, but uh, you're going to see why uh, they are here this morning. Um, we have a graduate to recognize, a graduate who is not able to go to a graduation right now, um, but Hannah Murray graduated from Alabama, a magna cum laude, and she is our newest teacher here at the church. So everybody give a warm welcome, a big celebration. Hannah, we want to recognize you. We celebrate with you. We are so proud of you. You're the best. And for those that don't know, Hannah, um, when we've had communion before and maybe we're missing a server, she knows the look that we give up here to come help. It's a last-minute come help to serve communion. She helps fill in as a youth Sunday school teacher all the time. So everybody, a big congratulations to Hannah. When we are uh, able to have gatherings again, what, we have so many celebrations and so many things to celebrate as a church family. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, this morning we come to you uh, with thankful hearts. Uh, we are thankful for this beautiful day. We are thankful that we are able to worship together online. Uh, I pray that you'll calm our hearts and our minds this morning and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
if you will join together as we connect with Christians throughout the ages and throughout the world and we proclaim the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Thank you, JT and Benny, for that beautiful song in honor of our mothers. And we do honor our mothers today. Um, I recently read where more phone calls are made on Mother's Day than on any other day of the year. Would y'all believe that? I certainly believe that because I will be uh, doing the best I can do, which is a phone call to my mom today. And many of us and many of you um, really wish that you could have a hotline to heaven to, to talk to your mom today. So let me give a shout out to all of the mothers. Let me give a shout out to my mom. She is an awesome mother. A shout out to my wife, Tammy, who is also an awesome mother to every amazing woman who helped mother me and who helped mother you and make us who we are. Thank you so much for that. Um, I'm going to be reading to you from John chapter 14, verses 1 through 14 today. And wherever you are, uh, you want to follow along with me on your, uh, on your phone app, on your phone, or in your Bible, then, or just listen to these words of Jesus from John chapter 14, where he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to, to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. In fact, will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As I was saying before, I'm going to give my mom a call today, and, and that's about the best that I can do because I'm separated from her by, by miles. And thinking about that uh, has kind of jogged a memory in my mind. One of my, actually one of my earliest memories, um, I think I remember back to when I was about three or four years old is the earliest that I remember. But 
One of a, a vivid memory that I have was was going to Memphis with my parents, and I I, I was just a small boy from Stevenson, Alabama, and so going to Memphis was a big deal for me. And we went to a big hospital, and we went there because one of my grandparents was in the hospital. And to tell you the truth, I don't remember which one of the big hospitals that I went to, and I don't remember which one of my grandparents was in the hospital at the time. I have two things that I remember about that day that just are burned into my memory. One was I saw escalators for the first time. And you're thinking, oh, what a, what a country bumpkin you were, or what, what's the big deal about escalators? Well, in the 60s, for a four-year-old boy, it was a big deal to see stairs that moved up and moved down on their own, and then you could get on them. And so I remember those escalators, and I remember going up, and I was afraid to kind of get on them for the first time. And when I figured out how to get on and off of them, I must have ridden those escalators up and down a, a lot. I mean, I know I was probably acting really silly, and the people who worked there were probably glad when I quit doing that. But the other memory I have besides the escalator had to do with being separated from my mom. You see, we were in the lobby, the big lobby downstairs in the hospital, and it was my mom's turn to go up and visit uh, whomever it was that we were there to see. I can't remember which grandparent, but it was my mom's turn to go up and visit, and I couldn't go. Uh, because they didn't let kids go to hospital rooms back then. It was very strict rules. So my memory is of my mom getting down on her knees and hugging me really tight and then getting on that escalator. And my memory is me standing at the bottom of the escalator crying as my mom was going up the escalator and she would look over her shoulder and there I was and she was going away and she wasn't coming back and I mean I was just squalling now my mother was not crying because she knew something that I didn't know uh, first she knew that it was going to be okay that I was going to be okay and she knew that she was leaving me in good hands I had all a bunch of relatives around me and and she knew that she was only going to be gone for a while and that pretty soon I would see her coming right back down that escalator and when she got to the bottom, I would be able to run up and hug her all over again. Um, I guess you could say that memory is so sharp because it was a memory of separation anxiety. Now, I know that separation anxiety is a thing and that it's a certain amount of it is normal. I mean, we have three kids and they all went go through that. Um, but when I was thinking about this the other day, I thought, oh, I wonder what's out there talking about separation anxiety. And so I looked up an article on a website called healthychildren.org and they had some tips on there for parents uh, to, to help deal with separation anxiety with their children. And uh, I wrote down uh, three of those tips because they kind of connect with the story in John chapter 14 today. Uh, tip number one is you give your child your full and loving attention before you leave, all right? Uh, tip number two is you are consistent and you build a relationship of trust with your child 
by keeping your promises. In other words, if you say, I'm leaving and I'm going to be back in an hour, then don't come back the next day. You know, be consistent and keep your promises. The third tip is to leave a special blanket or a special stuffed animal or something with your child so that they are reminded that you're going to return. Um, those are some good tips. I think I've used some of those tips before with, with our kids, but it does make me think about what Jesus did with the disciples in John chapter 14. Uh, because you see, Jesus knew some things that the disciples didn't know. He knew that he was about to go to the Father, and he knew that this was going to rock their world in a way that they had no idea. And he also knew that it was only going to be for a while. He knew that he was leaving them and that we're going to be okay and that they would be together again. And then Jesus did just what this article says that parents, that good parents ought to do. Um, he gave them first, he gave them his full and loving attention. Uh, they had just got through sharing a meal together, the meal that we know as the Lord's Supper, right? Uh, that was a, just a, a time that he gave them his full attention. And then after supper, he got up from the table and he wrapped a towel around his waist and he got down and he washed their feet. I mean, how much more special loving attention could, could he have given them, teaching them a lesson at the same time. And then he told them, he told them, I can just picture him going around the room and telling each one of them that he loved them and telling each one of them that he wanted them to love each other. He wanted them to serve each other as he had just served them. He gave them his full loving attention. And then he followed tip number two too. You see, he had already built a relationship of trust with them so that they knew that when he made a promise, he was gonna keep it. Uh, he said, in my father's house are many dwelling places, and then he said this, he said, if it were not so, would I have told you? In other words, have I ever pulled your leg before? Have I ever led you wrong before? I wouldn't tell you something that wasn't so. And of course they knew that, so they could trust him. He, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when I go and prepare a place for you, then you can be assured that I'm gonna come again and I'm going to take you and receive you into myself and that where I am, you're going to get to be also and we're always going to be together. That's the promise. We'll get to be together again. That, that gift that is his presence would be theirs again. So that was his promise and they knew it was going to be so because of a relationship of trust that he'd built with them. And then... How about that third tip? He left something with them. He left not a blanket or a stuffed animal, but he left the promise of the Holy Spirit with them. Now down in verses 16 through 18, we just read through 14 earlier, but verses 16 through 18, Jesus said, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned, Jesus said. 
I will not leave you orphans. I am coming to you. The presence um, that Jesus would leave with his disciples through the Holy Spirit, that, that strong presence, that abiding presence is the same spirit that abides with us, the same spirit that by, abides in us. You see, presence is a gift. Now, I think we know what a gift presence is maybe now more than ever. Um, haven't we all been reminded about the gift of, of having one another's presence? Over these last two months that we haven't been able to gather together, we realize what a gift it is. And then Jesus says these words to us, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And how could he say that? How could he say that? Because of this. Presence is a gift that keeps on giving, even when the one giving it is not in the same room with you. Presence can keep on giving, even when that person is not right there beside you. I read a story recently about uh, a woman named Miss Caroline. And Miss Caroline was uh, the much-loved piano teacher in a small town. And everybody loved Miss Caroline because she just didn't only teach music. She also taught lessons about life to her students. She taught them how to play the piano, but she also taught them how to conduct themselves as young ladies and young gentlemen. And everybody wanted their kids to take piano from Miss Caroline. Well, every year in May, Miss Caroline had a piano recital. And to get ready for that piano recital, Miss Caroline made sure that each student had one piece that they knew down cold, that they could do, uh, just play perfectly. Whatever their skill level and ability was, they had that one song that was gonna be their recital piece and of course she would drill them on that piece, but she would also drill them on all of the other stuff, on how you dress, on how you walk onto the stage and you face the audience and you bow to the audience, how you adjust the bench, however just it needs to be just so, and then you keep your back straight and you have your hands in the right position and then you play your song and then you get back up and you face the audience who is applauding at this time and you bow again and then you gracefully exit the stage. Well, the big afternoon came when the recital was gonna be and all of Miss Caroline's pupils were, were backstage in the wings waiting for their turn to come out and play. And it came time for a little girl named Anne Louise to come out and play. But Anne Louise was terrified. I mean, she was scared to death. She was so scared that she thought she was gonna faint or she thought she was gonna throw up or maybe she thought she might do both at the same time. But it came Anne Louise's turn and her name was announced and she got ready to step out on the stage but she just froze up like a deer in the headlights. I mean, she could not take another step and Miss Caroline was behind her and she saw what was happening and she came up behind Anne Louise 
and she put her hands on Anne Louise's shoulders and then she bent down and she whispered into Anne Louise's ear. She said, honey, you have worked so hard and you know this piece, you can play it with no problem. You have nothing to fear. And remember, I am counting with you all the way. And then with a gentle push from Miss Caroline, Anne Louise walked out onto the stage and just like she had practiced, she faced the audience and just like she had practiced, she bowed, she set the bench right and she had her back straight and she played her piece before everybody's mamas and daddies and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters and grandparents. And then as they applauded, she bowed again and she went, and as she was walking off the stage, she remembered Miss Caroline's words. I am counting with you all the way. Maybe that's why she was able to do it. Maybe, maybe it was because she, well, she already knew Miss Caroline was counting on her, but she knew also that she was counting with her. And there was a connection. And as she was playing, she knew that she felt Miss Caroline there with her in a way that was something she couldn't explain. The teacher and the pupil were connected. So now you might wonder, how could she be so sure of Miss Caroline's promise to be with her, to count with her? And I will say this. Anne Louise could believe that promise because she had already deemed Miss Caroline to be trustworthy. And so when Jesus tells us, I will not leave you orphans, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you, how can we trust that? I mean, you know, it takes more than words, right? Words are cheap. Anybody can say anything. People say things all the time. But it doesn't make it so. I, I saw recently a story about Abraham Lincoln that I really liked. Abraham Lincoln was having a debate with one of his political rivals. And uh, Lincoln asked his opponent, how many legs does a cow have? And his opponent, opponent said, kind of all huffy, he said, well, four, of course. And then Lincoln said, that's right, but now suppose you call a cow's tail a leg. Then how many legs would a cow have? And his opponent puffed up and said, well, five, of course. And Lincoln said, now that's where you're wrong. Because calling a cow's tail a leg doesn't make it a leg. So just saying words doesn't make it so. There's got to be more than words. These are, are heart-troubling times that we live in. We are, we're missing each other. I know that because I miss you. We're, we're missing our moms today very much. And moms are missing children today. And all of us, everybody that I've talked to, all of us are feeling nostalgia for the time that, or for times that we felt more normal. So just saying the words, don't let your hearts be troubled, um, is just hollow unless we believe the one who made the promise. 
just hearing the words, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Just hearing the words, I'm leaving you the gift of my presence that will abide with you always. Just hearing that doesn't make sense and doesn't mean anything unless we remember that the one who made that promise was Jesus. And Jesus not only tells the truth, Jesus is the truth. You already know from countless sermons, from countless preachers, that Christ is counting on you, and he's counting on me, and that's true. You and I are his hands and feet. But I want you to remember something different today. I want you to remember like Miss Caroline and Anne Louise and the little story that I shared with you. Christ is not only counting on you, Christ is counting with you. You have the gift of his presence even now. Now your friends and your family and your church family whom you long to see and who long to see you will get to be together again some sunny day. They're counting with you too. Did you know that? Even if you're not in the same room with them, they're counting with you. And you can count with them. You could give somebody a call today or a text today and you could tell them, uh, I'm counting with you. And if they say, what in the world are you talking about? You could say, well, go to uh, Gaston First United Methodist Church website and watch the message and you'll understand. I'm counting with you. The point is, you're not alone. You're not alone. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit who abides with us and in us always. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your abiding presence. We thank you that we have your promise that even if we're apart, we'll be together and we'll be together with you in the place that you have made and prepared just for us with loved ones who are waiting for us. Thank you for the assurance we have that that promise is true because you are true. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, we're going to sing uh, in closing one of my favorite old hymns. It is hymn number 526, uh, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Thank you.